0: And welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show.
1: Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus. We
0: will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith.
1: Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You might also know me as SheCup. And we are here today to talk about some more Assassin's Creed lore. But before we get into it, I'm joined here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. Yes, you are. So Austin slash Teacup, what are we talking about today?
0: So today we spent the last couple of episodes over in europe and today we're traveling east we're going to east asia southeast asia no well, not really southeast asia just east asia to talk about the chinese rebirth and japanese expansion
1: awesome um this is an area of the world in assassin's creed lore that i really know nothing about so i'm excited to dive in
0: Yeah, um, so are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the Chinese Rebirth, and just so you know, this is going to contain spoilers for the Assassin's Creed Embers film and the Assassin's Creed Chronicles China game. And so if you are planning on playing those or watching that movie and you don't want to be spoiled, go watch those and then listen to this episode. But... Just forewarning you, there will be spoilers regarding those two things. So during the reign of the Zendei Emperor of China, the assassins and Templars both held presence in the imperial court. And so when the emperor dies in 1512, a group of Templars known as the Eight Tigers seized power in the imperial court. They installed uh, the Jiajing Emperor as their puppet, and they planned to eradicate all assassins from the capital of Beijing. Unfortunately, these plans linked leaked to the concubines of the Imperial Court. One of those concubines was Xiaozhen, who we know later as an assassin. So Xiaozhen learns of the planned attack against the assassins in Beijing and warns the Chinese mentor, Wang Yangming. Uh, So Yangming attempts to strike back at the Eight Tigers, uh, but his attempt fails and leads to an event called the Great Rights Controversy, which is kind of like a uh, mini purge in the area. And Yangming is kind of late in reacting because he attempts to strike back instead of fleeing when he first learns of the attack he now has to scramble to try to evacuate the assassins from their stronghold, which is called the Forbidden City, and to have them go into hiding. So in this effort, he steps down as mentor and is succeeded by someone named Zhu uh, Zhu Yang, who succeeds him as mentor and basically trains Xiao Zhan as an assassin. And so as the tiger's hunt for the assassins continue, Zhu Yang and Zhan Leave for China. Leave China for Italy. Seek the aid of Ezio Auditore da Firenze, which is where the movie Assassin's Creed Embers picks up. Now, you might be asking: if you've seen the film, and you're like, "Well, there's no one with Xiao Zhang when she arrives at Ezio's villa. She's alone," and that's because uh, oh, Zou Yan in the travel there, and so. She's the only one who arrives at Ezio's villa in Tuscany, where Ezio is very reluctant. He is old, and he wants to retire, and he wants to live um, his life with his wife and his children and be left alone and not bother with any of this Assassin Templar nonsense. But as we know, Ezio can't just walk around and let Templars do what they want to do and not help his fellow Assassins. And so he does train her and aids her in understanding an artifact known as the precursor box. And then Jun returns to China in 1526, joining forces again with Yang Yangming to rebuild their brotherhood. And so there are no assassins when they begin this journey when Assassin's Creed Chronicles of China comes out. Um, and so basically, Yangming and Jun are the only ones working against the Eight Tigers. And so they travel across all of China to try to take down the Eight Tigers. And though they initially have success, they kill four of the Eight Tigers. Their leaders, Zhang Young and Huizhu, kill Wang Yangming in 1529. Xiao Zhan continues the fight, ultimately killing Zhao Yang during the Mongol attack on the Great Wall in 1532. Despite having lost the Rocks, Mm-hmm. Jun rebuilds the Chinese Brotherhood as the new mentor, finally ordering the death of the Xin, uh, Beijing Emperor in 1567. And that's the rebirth of the Chinese Brotherhood. And that's really all we know. Um, I don't know because I wasn't part of the beta. I don't know if Assassin's Creed Codename Jade deal anything or have any kind of references to the eight tigers or what's going on in there i know that it is set before this they is set way before this because i believe it's medieval china and this is kind of renaissance perching on the colonial period china
1: so i have a question so the eight tigers is basically like the templar organization it's like abstergo is it literal like eight different templars who make up like the leadership or is that just a name?
0: It there are 8 of them. Who are the uh, targets for the gang? Like there are 8. Okay. 8 Tigers, 8 leaders. Gotcha.
1: Okay, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that um because 8 Tigers like yeah, it's a cool name, it sounds pretty badass, but I was like this could just be a name. Like it may not be literal.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it sounds a lot more intimidating in mandarin or chinese. Are there dialects at Chinese? Probably.
1: Alright, well are we ready to go to our midbreak? Yeah, let's go. Makuse! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! You weak fool! Get a job! Christina!
0: Who's there? Me! Oh! It's you! I should have known!
1: May I come in?
0: Fine. But only for a minute.
1: A minute is all I need.
0: Indeed.
1: Well, wait. uh, That came out wrong. Okay, so first and foremost, we are here to thank our patrons. Thank you all so much for being patrons of the show. It's the number one way to support us. Um, And if you are interested in coming on the show once a month, definitely join the Patreon at the $20 tier or higher. Um, And the other lower tiers obviously have... um, They have benefits as well. We'll read your name on the episodes and um, all kinds of stuff. So the next best way to support us is to leave us a review. And I do have one today from Veggie Lover who said, So happy I found my people. Five stars. Recently found you guys. As a history enthusiast and gamer, I absolutely love you guys. I work in a hospital, which can sometimes be stressful. But I love the fact that one day I could be helping someone feel better. And in my ear, I hear, shoot, shoot the flying demon. Your breakdown of characters and connecting pieces and people together have made me enjoy the games even more. Just sent your podcast to my brother to listen to as well. Thank you so much, veggie lover for listening and sharing the show. Um, And anybody else who's listening, definitely go leave us a review. If you haven't Um, the next thing we have to talk about and shout out is our discord server. It's the best place on the internet. If you are playing assassins creed mirage, and want to talk to other people about it, want to uh get questions answered, anything like that, definitely join the server. We have a place um, for Mirage spoilers, we have a place to talk about Mirage, we've we've got all of it that channel's popping. So, my next thing that I want to talk about, I am not playing Mirage currently because I'm playing Valhalla, but Austin is playing Mirage. It came out last week. Um, What are your thoughts about it so far? Obviously, we're not, we're not going to do any spoilers right now on the podcast. We're going to talk in generalities. So if you haven't played and you're concerned, we might have spoilers. We will not have any spoilers. Um, So Austin, what are, what are your thoughts about Mirage so far?
0: Mirage is the successor to Syndicate. In my opinion. It feels. Combat feels and moves like. It would be a natural evolution. From Assassin's Creed Syndicate. To. This day. Uh, there are still some leftover. Mechanics that exist. From the RPG trilogy. From Valhalla specifically. And I think that's left over because. Mirage was originally developed. As a Valhalla DLC. Mm-hmm. And so this is exactly what was promised to us. It is a return to the roots of what this game was. There are a lot of references and abilities that are akin to the Ezio trilogy. Um, Self is not optional. Very much feels that way if you are surrounded by like more than three enemies. Uh, you better either be really, really good at combat or be prepared to flee. It Might be one of the harder games combat wise since probably Unity. I think Unity's hot combat is the hardest of all the Assassin's Creed games. This one comes close, Uh, but the story is good. Voice acting is good. It looks beautiful. It feels very much like an Assassin's Creed game.
1: If you had to give it a rating out of 10, what would you give it right now?
0: A solid eight.
1: All right. All right. Well, I'm really excited to play it. Obviously, I'm still in my Valhalla playthrough, so I'm hoping that the timing lines up well as to where you have finished Mirage by the time I finish Valhalla, which I think is likely to happen Um However, I have gone really hard in Valhalla this week. I have done a lot of arcs. Like I finished I finished the Vinland arc, which I loved. That was amazing. Loved it so much. I um finished a bunch of different stuff in back in England. Um, I finished Chailbert's arc with him and um Ivar the Boneless. Ivar is D-E-A-D, um, very dead. Dag also is gone, thankfully. Um, I've rescued Sigurd, brought him back. Uh, and I started something else. Now I can't even remember. So I've done a lot, like a lot in Valhalla this week. Oh, and I went back to Asgard and Jotunheim, which I'm not enjoying. I don't like that. Um, but that's where I'm at.
0: You've made it to Jotunheim?
1: No, I'm just doing those arcs right now.
0: Um, Just so you know, you have to, like, there is a real-time thing you have to do before you can get to Jotunheim. Like, you have to go find new ingredients for a new potion to get to Jotunheim. I,
1: I don't know what that means. I don't know what any so, of
0: that means. So, to get to Asgard, you had to gather ingredients to make a potion that Valka had you drink, and it sent you into a trance. Oh, yeah. Jotunheim Jotunheim is a separate potion.
1: Oh, okay. You'll I end mean, that's the fine. As-
0: yeah, You'll end the Asgard arc, have to go gather ingredients, and then you can do the Jotunheim world.
1: Okay, well, right now I'm struggling to open a well, so I'm imagining it's going to be a while. So anyway, um, that's where I'm at in Valhalla. It's it's interesting enough. I Like I said, I don't like the Asgard storyline at all. Um, I don't like Odin at all. He freaks me out. I think he is very weird and I don't like him hovering over my shoulder every time I assassinate someone like go away. You are not the devil or an angel. Goodbye. Um, I do like Basm in this. I I don't think he's an asshole. Like I've seen some people say that he's just kind of a dick, um, which I don't agree with. I am annoyed with Sigurd, frankly, because I think he is annoying. He is at least annoying me now. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know if any of those are hot takes or not. I think either of those are hot takes. I think a lot of people get annoyed with Basm because I, re- I remember the game. like it seemed, I remember interpreting the game and playing, and it seems like Basm, especially in the in her first arc where we meet K, like Basm is kind of like egging Sigurd on to this path. Mm-hmm. And given what we know about Basm, I could see why people are like, oh, like this is that.
1: yeah i get that i do get that yeah i don't know i mean i still have like half the game to play so we'll see what happens but that's all i've got for the mid-break
0: malaka malaka malaka
1: unless the legend is a lie you are the man i long to meet renowned master and mentor it's your auditory the la 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 Uh, forgive me I have a hard time remembering that Italian gibberish I'll see you all at the selection ceremony ladies I especially hope you show up let me guess he's rich
0: well let's get back into it so we're done with China that's all we really know about China and I'm sure we'll get more information about the history of the brotherhood in China once Codename Jade is officially out and we get that story in there. So the Japanese expansion. So around the same time, after suffering a lot of defeats by the hands of the assassins, mainly by Ezio Altatori in the early 16th century. Now remember the 16th century is the 1500s. That's when Ezio's all around in Rome and everywhere else. The Templars in Europe aim to spread their influence in new lands. So after this, by 1549, they set their sights on Japan under the guise of a Jesuit mission. Now, I'm going to pause here to kind of explain what the Jesuits are. Um, So around the early 1500s, while Ezio is doing all this stuff, while all this stuff is going on in China, in Germany and the Holy Roman Empire, the Reformation, the Christian Reformation is starting And with Martin Luther and all of that stuff against the Pope and all of that going on, there's this big thing. And kind of another order arises up within the Catholic Church called the Jesuits. And they're kind of like, and if you're a Catholic historian person and you want to correct me on this, that's fine. But I have always referred to them as like super Catholics. They're super Catholics, like they really want to be staunch defenders of the faith. And sometimes they used violence to defend the faith, specifically violence against Protestants. So they're not really a militant order, but they are an aggressive order of Catholics that kind of they're founding around the Reformation. As kind of a response encounter to the Protestants who are breaking away from the Catholic Church. Anything you want to add about the Jesuits?
1: Didn't they play a role in the Spanish Inquisition? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, but if you know of, there's a lot of universities that are named after Jesuits, like Loyola In Chicago, um, Xavier. I don't know where that is. I just know that it exists. Both of those are named after um, Jesuit priests.
0: Yeah, and there's one in uh, Louisiana, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a Loyola in Chicago and Louisiana. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, anyway, um, they're pretty important in in history. They Mm -hmm. do a lot of important
0: stuff. So they send out the Jesuits typically sent out missions to kind of basically think about, you know, spreading Catholicism, making sure Catholicism was big. So obviously, like, yeah, let's go send Catholic missionaries to this land. So the assassins catch wind of this because they have a big presence in Europe during this time. And they're like, okay, we're going to go establish a presence in Japan to deal with these Templars. So this includes uh, Chinese assassin uh, Zhao Hu, who was granted leave by Xiao Zheng to go fight the Templars in his ancestral homeland. So the assassins immediately find allies in the Japanese ninja from whom they learned new techniques. They made contact with the warlord uh, Oda Nobunaga um, which is a big historical figure in Japanese history. I'm not well versed in Japanese history, but I know that name appears a lot in his in the history of Japan. And so he promises an alliance with the Brotherhood as soon as he accomplishes the goal of uniting the fractured company. So he has a big goal, kind of similar, like if you've done other things, like you know Alfred of Wessex's vision of a united England. You know, Otto von Bismarck's united Germany, all these kind of people who kind of go up with this dream of uniting these countries. It's all kind of happening in this time. And so, this is just another one who wants to do that. So, the assassins don't trust him. They make an alliance with his ally, Tokugawa Inicia, who had an ally as a master assassin. So assassins, while battling Templars, they also aid in uh, Tokugawa clan, the clan becoming the eventual rulers of the land. To this end, the master assassin, uh, Hattori Hanzo, killed the rival warlords who held a Sword of Eden, which subsequently wound up in Ada Nobugaga's ownership. So now he has a Sword of Eden. And the assassins have kind of burned him as an ally at this point. And now he has a sword of Eden.
1: So at this point, years- he, he is an ally of the assassins.
0: Yes. He has not come out as a Templar yet. I don't think he does. He does not. And so five years later after this, the master assassin, uh, Anzo also killed the war- a warlord who had been recruited into the Templar Order. Assassins discover that Nobugaga was going to be attacked by his vassal. He was going to be betrayed. And so the assassins protect, obviously, the clan and the leader and their allies, and they kill uh, Ada. And amidst the chaos and retrieve the Sword of Eden, the Chinese assassin Li Yan then transported the artifact away from Japan.
1: So, why did they kill him? I don't understand because he had the sword of Eden I thought he was their ally
0: he's not their ally because they kind of don't trust him and they burn him he's not really a Templar but he is still like seeking that kind of thing he wants to rule he wants control and the assassins are backing their allies
1: but I thought he was their ally I guess I'm just
0: confused he, he once they once they establish the um Pokugawa plan as leadership, he no longer wants to be their allies because they're his rival.
1: Okay, so Nobunaga was a ally of the assassins, stopped being an ally of the assassins, got a sword of Eden, and then they killed him and took the sword of Eden. Correct. Okay, I got it now.
0: And so they continue to operate, and obviously this assassin, this Hatori Hanzo, he is working and like he's the one doing a lot of the work in Japan and making all of these things happen. He's kind of their Ezio in this situation. And so he also continues to kill like former spy masters uh who are r- trying to run the Templar car. So there's this similar thing going on with Japan and everything going on where the assassins kill someone in the Templars and then the Templars continue to work behind the scenes and they have to keep rising up and rising up. It's just a turmoil that never seems to stop. But the okay. assassins are almost always firmly in power. The templars just like keep cre- like rising up and doing stuff. Um, but in fifteen ninety six, Hanzo is killed by a rival ninja named uh, Fuma Taro. So Nobugaga eventually does take over from the clan, and he gets a successor. Cause uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Basically, the mentor of the assassins and the leader of the clan suspect that the successor and the new rule of Japan played a part in the death of Katori Hanzo. So they tasked uh, Yamamuchi Taka with an investigation of his death, which led to the assassination of Kokuyo Timo, Haidoshi, in 1598, who is the new ruler of Japan. So Japan, after the death of this, becomes super divided uh, between basically the Takugawa clan and supporters and Toyotomi's loyalists. And so this is another point where assassins seem to be on opposite sides at this point. So this leads to a big battle, uh, in which a, the general Shimasakan is killed by assassins to help ensure the Tokugawa's victory, and consequently the foundation of the Shogunate, which is the rule of the Shoguns of Japan, which is another big moment in the history. And so the assassins continue to support the Takugawa clan in the years following, when Takugan uh, decides to attack the last remnants of the Toyotomi clan, uh, the assassins, Hattori Masarian, who is Tori Hanzo's son, fought at the side of Tokugawa during the conflict, but was also killed in battle. And so again, we see this model of Japan, of the assassins like trying, again I feel like we're, our theme in these conflicts is watching the assassins try to play like Templars and not really doing what they're supposed to.
1: I guess I just feel like this story is so meaningless um, because they basically erase themselves and they basically eradicate themselves.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that the assassins have to learn and kind of just like what we all have to learn. And even like, if you want to take an American standpoint in American history, what American has to learn is what works in one culture will not necessarily work in another culture. Yeah. So like in Europe, having the backing of the European nobility and kind of doing that does kind of work because the European nobility are constantly fighting each other. So the assassins can kind of use hiding behind those nobles as a way to like guise their conflict and still work from the shadows. Mm hmm. But taking that model and implying it into kind of feudal Japan, it doesn't really translate because there's not that kind of like secrecy and movement among the nobility of Japan. Like they just make moves, there's more open warfare in that.
1: Kind well, of also, movement. like, I guess with a culture where like the emperor is literally God it's a lot harder to um, make machinations behind the scenes.
0: Yes. And so I think that one of the things that I hope we see in Codename Red, because this episode really has to do with kind of showing what we already know about these areas, which these next two Assassin's Creed games are going to be set in. Um, It will be interesting to see how much of, kind of from the ground, the assassin brotherhood or hidden one brotherhood in code name, Is because mm-hmm. we know that there will be at least from leaks a little bit, that there might be two different genders who have different approaches, one taking a more ninja shinobi route and the other taking the same route. Yeah. Um, so it might be interesting how those in play with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. This is totally off topic, but it's a question I just thought of. So with Jade and red, they're in east asia right we have origins in africa we have a bunch obviously in europe um, and odyssey in the mediterranean and we have several in america too and then we have black flag in the caribbean do we have anything in south america at all
0: um some of the comics go down there uh, one of Charlotte de la Cruz's uh, ancestors is an Inca, and you follow them during that. So not in a game, but in a uh, in they've in a gone there stories
1: yeah, i I feel like that's a, a major missed area of the world.
0: yeah, um, I'll be interesting because there's rumors about the Assassin's Creed codenamed Hex
1: in South America.
0: I don't think it's in South America because I heard rumors that it's taking place during the Salem witch trials.
1: I've heard that. And I've also heard um, rumors about Eastern European witchiness.
0: Mm. Yeah, Uh, it would definitely be interesting to kind of figure out what's going on all over there.
1: Well, anyway, um, anything else that has to do with East Asia?
0: I think that these settings are going to be really profitable, but I just, I don't want, I don't want the stereotype, especially in Codename Red, of just like the glorification. Because I feel like that's been done a million times.
1: The glorification of the samurai and the ninja, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I think that they need to be really careful with how they handle it. Um, However, I feel like, mirage has been handled pretty well and that's also kind of a um i don't want to say it's it's kind of like a an area that can potentially be controversial for some groups of people is probably the best way to put it um so they just need to handle it with care and i think mirage is so far what we've seen of it has been um so that's that's positive at least
0: yeah um, and I and one thing about Mirage before we go, I know I talked a little bit about it, but, like the voice acting has been very good because it sounds as though the people who are voicing these characters are people of this like descendants and race and culture.
1: Well, I think it's safe to assume they probably are since going back to a c one at least there is some of that as well,
0: yes. And it's a little maybe a little spoilery, but like not too much. There's so much like Islam in this game, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because in the European games, we have so much Christianity, which also makes sense given the time period. And yeah, this is is pre-Crusades. Like there's still a Christian presence in Baghdad, but it is largely Islamic at this point.
1: And like that's how it should be portrayed, because like that's just how it was, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, but just the inch like the language and like how the assassins even have that adaptation because the people who are part of the assassin orders come from that culture. Mm-hmm. right. these are kind of one-off stories that are kind of just like, yeah, they beat the Templars, and then that's all we know
1: right. Well, maybe they will come to play a part in somehow later,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all I got for this episode. So I think we're ready to wrap up.
1: All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at ACLorecast.
0: If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our CUPS Podcasting & More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on Patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description.
1: If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed broadcast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. Vault Dwellers, join me, Jaxus Sassy Lady Roamer, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.